Blog Talk Radio. Again, that's 
646-200-3715. And I'm glad to be back. It has been a couple weeks since uh, since I did the right voice and I did the show. I was I was looking back and I'm thinking, has it just been two weeks that I missed? It felt like I missed a, a lot more than, than two weeks, but but it was two weeks I missed and I really I needed that that break. I was I was privileged to be able to uh to be with a friend of mine, my friend Christy, you guys know Christy King. She's on with me once a month for political potpourri and our table talk that we that we try to do uh every month and uh but she has been a Taekwondo uh, participant for some time now. Uh, and uh, so she was able two weeks ago to test for her orange belt. She was a yellow belt. She was testing for the orange belt. And so I wanted to be there for the test two weeks ago. And so I was. And then she doesn't find out whether she actually passes the test until the next time. And so that was last Tuesday. And so I was there with her last Tuesday, and I was able to see her uh, be awarded that that orange belt. And so she's so excited because she's, you know, she's really stuck with it and worked hard. And and the cool thing about it, if I, if I may share this, just as a personal note here, the cool thing about it is that for a while she wasn't able to participate because, as some people know, she had um, a horrible uh, fall over a year ago now, uh, not this Thanksgiving that just passed, but the Thanksgiving prior. Uh, so that would have been 2014. And uh, just, just a horrible situation there, which, um, you know, thank God that she survived. The doctors said it was a miracle that she hadn't, uh, that she didn't break her neck. And so for a while she wasn't doing the Taekwondo because she was kind of jacked up. And then she's had other injuries to me and stuff that she's dealing with. Anyway, I said all that to say this, she got back into it, persevered, and so to for her to get that orange belt and to continue to go um, after all the obstacles, that is really, really cool. And so I wanted to be there. So I took that break. And actually, let me let me just say now, for those of you who, who regularly tune in, uh, you know that, that this is something we do every, every week, but I'm in the process of rethinking some things. And so I, I will announce when I know for sure, but my plan is to, to scale it down a little bit so that uh, the right voice may only be coming to you uh, twice a month, every, every other week or, or something like that. But uh, I, will, I will give you more information as, as I have it. But I, I hope if you, if you listen, whether you listen live, whether you listen um, via the podcast, just stick with us. Um, your support is so very, very important. It's always good to know that that I'm not talking to myself. I do enough of that. I, I don't want to come on the online radio and do it. So uh, if you could just hang with us, that'd be really cool. So um, just just so you know, we are on social media. I would love for you to go to Facebook. We are The Right Voice Radio on Facebook. And we are also on Twitter. It's at The Right Voice One. On Twitter, it's at The Right Voice One. So uh, today we're we're really kind of kind of chill, as they say. You know, um, the the title of this particular show, this particular broadcast, is uh, "Raise Your Expectations." A little politics, a lot of inspiration, and I wanted to to come back to you and just kind of shoot the breeze a little bit and talk a little politics, but a lot more inspiration. And so I'll I'll get into that 
momentarily. But right now, I, I again, our number, I'd love for you to call in and participate. Hey, you can interrupt what I have planned and join in with what you have to say. The number is 646-200-3715. And when I say you can interrupt that, you know, hey, interrupt, you know, give us a call. But um, the reason why I wanted to kind of point out a little bit of politics is because I was thinking, okay, so there's so much that's been going on, and yet there's been some things going on in my in my own life. And uh, so politics hasn't been the end all and be all for me lately. And uh, obviously, I like to keep up with what's going on, as you do, I'm sure. That's why you're listening. But um, but there's so many other things that life brings our way, and we've got to learn to live a little bit. And that's one reason why I'm kind of toning down or maybe scaling back the show a little bit, because I'm tired, y'all. I said I'm tired. Been busy. Oh, my. And so I've had to really go, okay, what do I have to do here so that I can breathe, you know? So um, just, just a few highlights, just, just personal stuff. I, I talked to you about being able to, to see uh, my friend get her orange belt. But also, I, you know, just on a, another personal note, in my life, I was I was able to, I was able to speak a couple times um, at uh, Rotary Club meetings and here in the state of Missouri in two two different places. And I spoke on the subject of raise your expectations. And so you're going to get a taste of that tonight because I said a little a little politics, a lot of inspiration. So I'm going to share that with you. But that's been really, really cool. I, I, I have a column in the paper here in the Southeast Missourian. And so there have been people who've been reading my column. It comes it's once a week. And uh, there are others who have heard me speak before. And so I, I've been contacted and, and uh, had, had a wonderful opportunity to go speak at the Rotary Club. They're doing wonderful things. And I always love that. That's my heart to, to speak, I, you know, at churches and at political events and at schools. In fact, I'll be going to New York in a few weeks to speak at uh, in Catskill, New York, at their junior high as well as their high school, and and that's going to be a treat. I'm sure I've been there a couple times already speaking, and uh, I'll be back to deposit something into their lives, and they always deposit back into my life. So that's another personal note that I'm I'm excited about. Uh, also, the weekend, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, I was. Uh, a speaker at a conference, and uh, my good friend Kia, Lakia Walker from New York, uh, from back home, she flew into to um, it was in Illinois. I had to drive five hours, and she flew into Illinois and joined me for the conference, and then uh, drove back with me to to Missouri, and so I didn't have to drive back alone. And that was a treat. She has, she's the first person from home from New York who has visited me here. So it was cool to have her here. She kind of butted heads a little bit with my cat, Trooper, but um, she wants to call Trooper spoiled. And Trooper, Trooper didn't want anything to do with Kia. He was a little scared of her, I think. I know he was scared of her. But and, uh, but anyway, it was, it was an honor to have her with me at the conference and, and have her back here with me and for a few days. And if anybody asks what we did that whole time other than the conference, we ate. We ate out all the time and uh, and just caught up. That was cool. And it was a conference called This Means War, and it was a it was a church women's conference. It was a spiritual, powerful thing, um, and it was called This Means War because we were talking about spiritual warfare. We were talking talking about prayer, talking about how important it is 
that we have been called warriors, those of us who know Christ, those of us who are Christians, we are called to 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 battle and and uh, and it takes you know you got to put your 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 big girl pants on and and we did we had our our uh, fatigues on and some boots on and and uh, we talked about the importance of of spiritual warfare and prayer so that was really really cool and uh, and so it it was a much needed much needed break so that's just a personal note in my life and uh, again just to just to encourage you to. To, to, to join in with us in our conversation, 646-200-3715, on the right voice, as we talk today about raise your expectations, a little politics, a lot of inspiration. So let's jump into politics, a little bit of it tonight. Um, what, a, what a long political season this has been. It has been, and I am sort of politics weary, you know, and, uh, but today is an important day in the political arena. It is the day of the New York primary. And the crazy thing about it is I'm from New York. And uh, I mean, think about it. It's April 19th. So it's it's late in, in the process. I mean, many states have voted. We started out on the Republican side with 17, 17 candidates. And now down to, uh, Two and a half. No, now now down to three. And so April nineteenth is really late. And so in New York, you know, it's sort of like, does your you know, so it's like your vote really doesn't matter. You know, how can your vote matter? There's nobody left. I want to vote. I want my vote to to matter. But this time, it it, it seems that that New York has a has a higher um, value in in that. I mean, I think as far as the the race goes. From what we're hearing from the polling and everything, everybody expects Donald Trump to win. It's his home state. On the Democrat side, people expect, although Bernie Sanders was born in Brooklyn, New York, he's, you know, in, he's a he lives in Vermont, but um, but people, you know, I guess he's he's well liked there or whatever. But people still expect Hillary Clinton to come out. So I don't know that there'll be any surprises, but that doesn't mean that that they're not that their whole thing is not important. We know on the Republican side, there's been this whole thing about delegates. Will any of these candidates come out with 1237? And then what happens after that? And so we've talked about whether the Republican, the GOP establishment, is going to try to do some backroom wheeling and dealing. Uh, and uh, and it looks like that you know you've got your establishment types and they want to stick their nose in it and and. Uh, and then there are some rules that are already in place, and it's it, it's the candidate's responsibility to know what those rules are, and and uh, and uh, so. But anyway, there, so there's been a lot of hoopla about garnering these these delegates, and uh, a lot of hoopla about whether someone's going to try to steal the nomination, uh, a lot of hoopla about whether they're going to try to change the rules at the last minute, and there's a lot of a lot going on. Um, concerning that. And New York is important, too, because I guess it's not outside of the realm of possibility, though unlikely, that Donald Trump could get all, uh, could, to, could get to the 1237 number. But, um, I mean, that's going to be, that's a tall feat, but it's not totally impossible. But New York plays into that. Uh, so that is today. The polls are still open. I've got the television on and polls closed, they say, in 44 minutes and 35 seconds in New York. So we'll see how that, how that goes. But, you know, I, I want to, I want to, to talk a little bit about, um, 
about Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, because he's not obviously expected to to do very well in New York. Um, and I watched the GOP fundraiser recently, and I first thought that Cruz was when Cruz got up to speak. I'm thinking. These, I hear a lot of chatter that I did not hear when Trump was speaking. And it just sounded like everybody's plates were being, you know, people were talking and they were eating and the plates were just clink, clink, clinking louder than they had been. And and then, you know, I'm like, okay. My friend Christy was over and she's like, yeah, I think, I think it's just bad audio. You know, people are just eating. But then the next day I'm hearing, or a couple days later, whatever, I'm hearing on the news that, yeah, he was being ignored that people were tuning him out, people were being disrespectful on purpose. And and that takes us back to, to his comment. And I did a show about this. Ted Cruz made it a comment about New York values. Now, it, it was during, the, during a, a debate. Now, he, of course, has explained that to me, that he was just quoting Trump, who himself, years prior, had said that he supported abortion and, and, and different things like that because, and I, and I think also same-sex marriage, because, or maybe he didn't support same-sex marriage, but he was saying he was a little bit more, he was a little bit more lenient. He's always said he didn't kind of like the idea of abortion, but he, you know, he, would, he was okay with it, sort of, because, you know, I'm from New York, and those are kind of New York values. That's kind of how we roll in New York. And so, Cruz has said that he was just expressing what Trump himself had said, but it did not come over well. Uh, and and it probably, probably wasn't a wise thing to say. You don't want to, you know, uh, disenfranchise, I guess, people who have to vote for you. So they sort of ignored him. And, you know, I noticed something also, not just that, because, I, you know, Cruz has also said that he was talking about liberal politicians who who do not serve in the best interest of, of all the people. And so he was pointing that out that he was not trying to disparage the people of New York per se. Now, but I did notice that when Trump attacked Cruz's wife, Heidi, uh, that Cruz commented about Trump being a bully. But he didn't just call him a bully. I happen to notice, maybe because I'm a New Yorker originally, native New Yorker, I happened to notice that he called him a big New York bully. Didn't quite know why it was necessary to uh, to comment about him being a New York bully. I mean, a bully is a bully is a bully. Whether you're a bully from Texas, whether you're a bully from uh, California, whether you're a bully from Arkansas or Missouri, a bully is a bully. But he, but but that came out the New York bully, and so I think there was a reason why New Yorkers probably ignored him. And uh, but in any case. It'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. Now, here's here's my question. Why is Kasich, Governor Kasich, still in this race? He, you know, he is intent on being the nominee somehow at the convention. He believes there'll be an open convention, and he believes that he's going to win. And he believes that he's going to win because in the polls it shows that he is the only one who can defeat Hillary Clinton. Apparently, the polls consistently show that he's the only one who can beat Hillary Clinton. Now, of course, he, as I've heard others say, that might be simply because 
you know, you don't know much about him. You don't hear that much about him. You don't hear that. He, he's not, he hasn't even been worth attacking. And so he doesn't really uh, register <laughs> on the scale, I guess, on the, on the whatever. But to me, by staying in the, I'm sure he's a nice dude. I'm sure he's a nice guy. And, and I hear great things about what he's, what he's doing in, in Ohio. But to me, he is modeling what people do not like about politics right now. Just, you know what? Regardless of what the people have said, regardless of how the people have voted, I'm the man, I'm the one you want, and I'm going to hang in there. And it doesn't matter if I'm taking votes away from from the others who actually have a shot. I'm going to hang in here because, you know, I'm the man. And you don't know that I'm the man, but I'm here to tell you that I'm the man because I know better than you. And that's how it comes across to me. And it seems very self-serving and delusional. Okay? Anyway, uh, that's that's just... um. I'm just throwing that out there. If there's somebody out there, you're listening, and you can come up with a, with a reason why you think that um, Kasich is good for this for this race right now, good for this process, hey, give me a call. Let me know. Make your case. 646-200-3715. I'd love to hear what you have to say, or, or maybe you want to add to, to what I've said. But um, <laughs> Trump is at it again. In terms of, I'm uh, just, just throwing these out, you know, a little bit of politics. Trump is is added again in terms of his his nicknames. You know, he's 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 good at giving nicknames. They actually annoy me, to be honest with you. Uh, particularly every time I hear him say "Lion Lion Ted," it just just irks me. Um, but in any case, he's he's got Lion Ted. He has uh, Low Energy Jeb, uh, Little Marco. Uh, and he called, now he didn't make it a nickname, but he certainly called um, Dr. Ben Carson, uh, likened him to a child molester, and then Carson endorsed him, but okay. Uh, but now he finally, he even asked about a nickname for, for Hillary Clinton, and uh, he has revealed, unveiled, divulged the nickname, and he's calling her Corrupt Hillary. Now, as I heard on I think either the five were outnumbered the other day. Uh, I think it was out. I think it was the five. It could have been outnumbered. I don't remember. But uh, corrupt Clinton would have had a better, better um, ring to it, flow to it. But then you might not have known which Clinton he was talking about. <laughs> anyway, personal thing there, I guess. But corrupt Hillary. I don't know that anybody would argue with that. You know, I mean, poll after poll shows that. Most Americans do not find her trustworthy. And between Benghazi and the emails and the foundation and all those things and other things that Senator Bernie Sanders has been trying to point out, um, you know, involved in big money and big business and all that, um, perhaps corrupt Hillary works. But that's what Trump will be will be trumpeting. So. That that that's where we are politically. I I'm noticing also, and I, I mentioned that I'm kind of weary of this. I'm noticing also that that people I, I read a lot of people talking about, complaining about, ranting about how they've lost so many friends and how Trump supporters or Cruz supporters or who you know? I don't. I don't hear too much on, on the Democrat side, but I'm sure it's there as well. But these supporters are so nasty. They say, and they're so mean, and we can't disagree agreeably. And 
and and they're so worked up about it. And I'm thinking, you know, I mean, I had somebody defriend me too, unfriend me, whatever you want to call it, on Facebook that was a friend. And I thought, well, man, that's jacked up. But to each his own. I think it's a shame that people are throwing out friendships over stuff like that. But don't get so worked up that that's your conversation and that you're losing sleep over that. You know what? People are foolish enough to throw away friendships that matter. Then they're just foolish. They're, probably, they're just foolish. Just pray for them, you know, and when they come to their senses, be there for them and keep on stepping. You know, that's about all I can say about that. All right. Anyway, I wanted to throw out a little, 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 little politics because it is, again, an important, important night. And I'm going to be following 35 minutes and 35 seconds left before the polls close in New York. I'm going to take a short break, and I'll be right back. So let's hear a little Sinatra. Hang with me, please. Start spreading the news. I want to be a part of it, New York, New York, these vagabond shoes are longing to stray right through the very heart of it, New York, New York. doesn't sleep and find I'm king of the hill top of the heap these little town blues are melting away I'll make a brand new start of it in old If I can make it there, I'll make it anywhere. It's up to you, New York, New
Yes, New York, New York. And as we are saying, New York is is important today in the political arena as as it is the day for the New York primary. Hey, Donald Trump is expected to come out big time in New York and Hillary Clinton is expected to win in her adopted state of New York. Well, will there be any surprises? I guess we will find out who's going to make a brand new start of it in old New York, the city that never sleeps. So anyway, if you've been tuned in, you know that we've been talking a little politics and and I've put the number out there. I'll throw it out again, 646-200-3715. Feel free to call in with a question, a comment, a concern, an encouragement, whatever. All right, so let's move along from the little bit of politics, and I I just want to make sure that I acknowledge and um, that the earthquakes that have taken place. We, there were a couple in Japan, I believe two in Japan, and then Ecuador, and, uh, and my goodness, our hearts go out to them. So many people, um, so many loss, so much loss of life, and uh, so much, um, so many injuries, and I know the search goes on in, in Ecuador. Also, here in, in America, with the flooding in, in Houston, Texas, my goodness, our prayers go out. A lot of this stuff, you look at it, it's, it's, it's so surreal, and uh, I can't even imagine what it, what it would be like to be in that situation where one day everything is cool, and the next day you're underwater, um, you've lost it, you've lost it all, you've, you know, you're driving down the road, and all of a sudden you're, you're man, you're just trying to survive. So um, our prayers go out. For those people who are affected <clears throat> by by um, what's going, what has happened in Ecuador and Japan and in Houston and and throughout the world, there's always there's always so much so much going on. Uh, I also want to point out that April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and I, I just did a little bit a little bit of research, and I tell you what, there's look look them up the statistics about sexual assault crazy but one of the things that really jumped out and it's not really a surprise but maybe we don't think about it a lot a lot of it occurs on our college campuses I'm not a parent but can you imagine you send your child away to go get an education and um and you've got to let them go you got to release them release them to just you got to trust that what you you know that that they're going to be safe praying for them and all that one in four women I read experienced sexual assault on campus one in four, and that's just that's just unreal. That's just, that's hard. One in four experience sexual assault on the campus, on a place where our children should be should be safe. And uh, but but a lot of a uh, lot of physical abuse going on even beyond uh, college campuses or whatever. So so April April is so April is got all kinds of things. April is obviously tax day. Hopefully you did your taxes. Um. Sexual Assault Awareness Month, as I said, uh, Child Abuse Prevention Month, uh, National Poetry Month. There, I mean, there are all kinds of, uh, there's like pet, National Pet something month. I mean, it goes on and on. But 
I do, again, want to highlight Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And, you know, I went to a, a damsel in defense party that a friend, she's been on, this sh- on my show before talking about um, politics. She talked about a, a rally here in this area where Ted Cruz was just a few weeks ago. And uh, she's a part of Damsel in Defense. And it's a good time to bring this up because Damsel in Defense has all kinds of products that women can use to protect themselves. And it's not the end all and be all, obviously, um, but, but it's great to be, to be prepared. And um, from different kinds, from pepper spray to things that you can, like a doorstop thing that you can take to a hotel that um, will alert you to somebody. It's a, it's a, it's a personal alarm. And uh, if somebody tried to open your door, it would give this high pitched alarm. Uh, there, I mean, there's just all kinds of kinds of really interesting things. And um, so you can check it out. I just wanted to say that because in light of, you know, sexual assault awareness month in light of, all kinds of, not just sexual, but all kinds of things. It's just good to check out what you might be able to do to help yourself, what you might be able to carry with you. You know, um, some of you are, are, have a permit or don't need a permit depending on where you live to, to be armed, to have a, have a gun and others prefer to, to have other things that will help like a stun gun. And, uh, like I said, pepper spray and there are all kinds of stuff in here. So I want you to go, you can go to um, to Julie's website. It is mydamselpro.net slash Julie, and that's J-U-L-E-E. Again, it's mydamselpro.net slash Julie, J-U-L-E-E, and she is an independent damsel pro. And I went to the party, and I purchased some things myself because, you know, I ain't trying to get caught unaware. But anyway, so, but sexual assault is a serious matter. And one of the things that's really serious is that when somebody says, you know what, I've been, I've been assaulted, we need to hear, we need to listen. I do have a caller. I'm going to uh, play this ad really, this commercial really quick. Well, I had a caller, but as soon as I said I have a caller, they hung up. Um, Call back, call if you'd like to call back. I'd love to hear from you. And, uh, but for right now, I'm going to play this ad in light of Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Wait for you, caller. Come on back. My name is Jordan Jarzenbeck. My name is Terry Thibodeau. My name is Quante Robinson. Madeline Pinazzo. This is Richard Bam. My name is Jared. Darren Crane. Chris Newells. Leo Meschel. My name is Ryan Goff. John Acevedo. Irving Phelps. Jordan Denman. Maritza Cavazos. My name is Jeremy Villanueva. I'm an Orange Key. I am a future psychologist. I'm a professor, a father, a a husband. I'm a Pike and an older brother. And I'm a resident advisor. I am a Fiji. I am a human being. I'm a future missionary. When someone tells me they've been raped or sexually assaulted, I start by believing. I start. I start. I start by believing. By believing. My name is Morgan. I'm a survivor. When someone tells me they were raped or sexually assaulted, I start by believing. I start by believing.
And there's a powerful message for us to start by believing. You know, how many times there are people who say, nobody believes me. And because um, I I love poetry and, and I, uh, I was an English teacher for so long, I'm familiar with uh, Maya Angelou, as many of you are, the poet. And this is National Poetry Month, but she was, she was raped as a child by her mother's boyfriend. Can you imagine? And, uh, and it had horrible horrible effect in her life, obviously. And she, um, you have to, to, to read her autobiography. I know why the case first sings, but just briefly, she had stopped speaking for some time. And uh, she wouldn't speak for, for a few years at all. She just shut down. And, and there's a whole story, backstory behind that, but it had to do with the rape and the, the circumstances surrounding it. And, and I think about the fact somebody came along and touched her life a woman that she admired very much who took time to love on her and to, to teach her how beautiful it is not not only to read literature but to speak it out loud, that there's power in the word that it takes, and this is what the woman told her, Mrs. Bertha Flowers said, that it takes the human voice to infuse meaning. And so she had given her a book and she said, I want you to take it home and I want you to read it, but you have to read it out loud. And I want you to come back and recite it. And I think about that, the power of one person to reach out and touch someone who had been sexually assaulted. And what a voice Maya Angelou has been. She passed away, uh, um, I guess, a little over a year ago now, something like that. But I tell you what, imagine what it had been like if she had never recaptured her voice. She had never found her voice and remained in that place of silence. How much we would have missed out on if she had remained in that prison. But because somebody reached out, um, and, and touched her life, we got the Maya Angelou, and we are the better for it. So, all right, I, I want to move on. Today's show is a little different. If you haven't noticed, I'm kind of just, just chit-chatting about a lot of things. But like I said, I wanted to really be an inspiration today. And I, as, as you may know, I am um, a former teacher, taught for almost 17 years, uh, seventh grade English language arts. But um. And at the end of 2013, I entered into another phase of my life. I'm still certified, obviously, to teach in New York. I have two certifications to teach in Missouri. But, um, but I feel that I, I teach in a different capacity now, that it's still a calling upon my life, but not necessarily in the classroom setting. And one of the things that I do is public speaking. And uh, I, I love to speak. And I talked about that earlier. And whether at church, whether at the, at the political event, whether in schools. And, and most recently, I had the opportunity to speak at at, uh, for the Rotary Club at two particular places here in the area. And I spoke on the top topic of raise your expectations. And so I wanted to just inspire. I wanted to give tonight, not just focusing on politics as I so often do and on the news, but to give a motivational message. This message that I have given twice already in some form or fashion to the Rotary Club. And so if you're into being inspired, if you're interested in, in, in listening and, and, and receiving some inspiration and some motivation for whatever you are right now in life, then, then stay with me and listen. Get away from the news. Get away from the politics and, and apply this to wherever you are in your life. And if you don't feel like being inspired, then I guess you'll have to catch me again next time. I'll just talk and I'll inspire myself. Because I'm going to share with you this message about raising your expectations. 
And I'm honored, honored, honored to do so. And the cool thing about it is I know that I'm talking to people who already have high expectations. I know I'm talking to people who have already accomplished much. And so I'm coming along and I'm saying to maybe some accomplished people, you know what? No matter what you've done, raise your expectations. Or maybe I'm talking to some people who you have had so much disappointment or you feel like you're in a rut. You ever feel like you're in a rut? Believe me, I understand. You feel like you're in a rut perhaps and you're thinking, raise my expectations. I got to get some expectations to begin with. So whether you are at the top, whether you're on the mountaintop or whether you're in the valley low, I want to inspire you today to raise your expectations, okay? That's what I want to do. And so let's talk a little bit. No matter where you are, let's go higher. No matter what you think, no matter what you're believing for, in your marriage, in your singleness, in your job, in your, in your whatever, in your schooling, just expect more. And you may have an idea of where you want to go, but I've heard it said that if the vision that you have is within your reach, if it's something that you can do just simply, something that you can do just on your own without pressing a little bit, then your vision is too small. We need a vision that takes more than where we are, a vision that requires not just hard or deep work, but deep faith. And whether you're average, whether you're already great, wherever you are, I want you to say, you know what, I am going to expand my thinking. You know what, we need that. We need in this in this culture, in this country, in this uh, beyond this country, in this time in which we live, we need people who, no matter where they are, they're going to raise their expectations because the world, your world, absolutely needs you. And if you don't recognize that, then you're missing something. And I don't know where your head is buried, but you need to get it out because there's a world, there's a young person, there's an old person, there's a there's a there's somebody. There's a, somebody that needs you to believe in you so that you can impart into them. And so I am going to share with you three things that are necessary, <clears throat> three things that are necessary to raise your expectations. How do you raise your expectations? Here it is. I'm going to give it to you. All right? So write it down, contemplate it, pray about it but be inspired by it. That's my whole purpose tonight is to inspire you to raise those expectations. So first of all, the first piece to the puzzle that I want to share, it really has three parts. So it's, it's step number one, but it's a three-part step. And the first thing, in order to raise your expectations so that you can achieve more, you've got to believe in the vision. That's number one. If you don't believe in, in the mission, if you don't believe in the mission, you won't give yourself to it. You'll focus on something else. You'll be discouraged when pressure comes. You'll talk yourself out of it. You'll let other people talk you out of it. So listen, what is it that you're passionate about? Even if it is politics, even if it is business, if it's your family, whatever it is, whatever it is you want to achieve, whatever the mission is, that you're passionate about, you have to believe. You've got to believe. Listen, when I left teaching after 17 plus years, I left not only my profession, I left the only state I'd ever known. 
I left my family there. It was a leap of faith, but I took it because I believed that what was ahead of me was greater than where I was. Hey, where I was was pretty cool, all right? It was, you know, I walked away from the salary that I had, from the insurance that I had. It was a sacrifice. You know, there's a little trepidation, but I believe I had faith that what was ahead of me was ordained. I believed that. I submitted it to prayer. I submitted it to counsel, and that drew me to it. So I have to believe. Otherwise, I can't achieve greater. Just can't. The other thing is, you not only do you believe in the mission, you got to believe in yourself. You have to believe in yourself. I see too many people who don't believe in themselves. You hear people say, man, you know, I, I ain't nobody. I'm nobody. My mama was nobody. My papa was nobody. They tell me I ain't going to be nobody. You know what? That is a lie. And saying that you're nobody is not a sign of humility. It's foolishness. It's foolishness. As a Christian, for me, I understand that I was created in the image of God. And therefore, greatness is within me. I can choose not to embrace it. I can choose that. It's my decision. I can use, I can choose to live subpar or to be average, or I can choose to go higher, to reach higher, to go farther, to achieve greater. But it has so much to do with how I see myself. And I have to share this story with you because to me, it's the perfect, perfect example, okay? And believing in myself. I have a cat. He just turned one on Sunday. And yes, I had a party for him. I was told I was crazy to have a party. And I was told, you better not put those pictures on Facebook of that party because everybody's going to know that you're crazy. Well, I put the pictures on Facebook. Okay? But in any case, my cat turned one. But I have this cat. Okay? And my cat, Trooper, is his name. I will sometimes in the house have the door, a door within the house, cracked. When I say cracked, I mean it's, it's it's not all the way open. It's certainly not shut. It's plenty wide for Trooper to walk through. But there are times when Trooper will just, he'll go to the door, and I'll hear him, yeah, like he's crying. And he's wanting me to open the door. The problem, I mean, the, the, I don't have a problem doing it, but the deal is he doesn't need me to open the door. Trooper can plenty fit through that door. And I'm like, I, I was wondering, can I'm like, why won't Trooper just push his body on through the door? He can fit. And all of a sudden it hit me. This thing spoke to me. The way that he was behaving whenever the door was cracked like that spoke to me. Yes, I can be spoken to. I can learn something from a cat. Because what this spoke to me was that Trooper sees himself so much larger than his body actually is. In his mind, he's so big that he couldn't possibly fit through that crack. Anybody else looking at Trooper would know, dude, you can go. You're not that big. But in his mind, he knows he's bigger. In other words, he might have the body of a cat, but he's got the spirit of a lion. He's seeing himself as so much bigger. And I'm saying that this is where we have to go. His identity, his identity is I'm bigger than I actually appear to be. That's his identity. I'm bigger. I'm larger. I can't fit. I'm not that small. And I'm saying that we have to have that same mindset, that our identity has to understand that we have so much more potential than we realize. We're so much bigger than we realize and that if we believe that, then we can achieve greater.
We must believe that in order to raise our expectations. Identity is so important. Have you seen the commercials, the, the Ancestry.com commercials? You know, people are, people are hungry to know who they are. They're hungry to know their identity. That's why so much, so many people are investing their money into Ancestry.com. I just want to know who I am. I just want to know where I came from. Who am I? I taught seventh graders. I told you that. And I have asked seventh graders who are 12, 13 years old, and they will tell you that even at their young age, they want to understand their, they want to understand their purpose. And their purpose is wrapped up in their identity. Who am I? Who am I? Ancestry.com is evidence, exhibit A, that people want to know who they are. But the commercial, I know you've seen it. There is that commercial where the man says all of his life he thought he was German. You know what I'm talking about, right? You're like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I thought I was German. Well, he went on Ancestry.com, they did all the research, and he found out he's not German at all, that he's Irish. And so he said... He exchanged, when he realized who he really was, he exchanged the lederhosen for a kilt. I'm like, lederhosen? I have no idea what that is. But anyway, he said when he realized his identity, he took off the old garment and he put on the kilt, which represented who he really is. And what I came to see through that is when we realize who we are. When we realize the value that we have, when we realize, like Trooper, that we're bigger than people think we are or that it appears that we are, we will take off the garments that represent the old stuff and who we're not, and we'll put on who we are, and we'll begin to walk in the authority of who we are. And so we have to believe in ourselves in order to raise our expectations and to accomplish we must. And the other thing we have to do, the third thing in this three-part, number one, is you have to believe in the team around you. My pastor preached a, a, a powerful message yesterday at church, and it was about the team. It was about togetherness. It was about the fact that we need each other. And I'm here to tell you that there will be times in your life when you will have to walk alone. There are times in your life when there are people who don't understand. There are times in your life when you have to separate. But those times should be temporary. The Bible says that when we isolate ourselves, we seek our own destruction. So we need people. And you have to believe in the team around you. You have to believe in the mission. You have to believe in yourself. But you also have to believe in the team. I coached girls varsity basketball for years. And I would say two things have to occur if you're going to be, if you're going to believe every time you step on the court that you're going to win. And you need to believe that. Otherwise, stay home. Okay. But if you're going to believe that you're the winner, that you're going to come out victorious, you must believe not only in yourself, but you must believe in your team. You could have worked hard and done your part and shot and ran, and uh, you could have done all these things and practiced defense and all that all the offseason long. But when you come to, to, when you come to time, when it's time to play, when the season starts, or when you step on that court and you're looking at a bunch of other people and you're not quite sure they put in the work that you put in, and you're not quite sure that they're prepared, it has a way of diminishing your own belief that you can win because it's a team effort. So you must believe in the team around you. You must. And right now in the time we're living in, it's so much harder to believe in ourselves and in our mission and in other people because we, get, we, we see what's going on in the world. We see the ugliness. We see the fighting. We see, you know, the, the crime. We see it all. And it's so much easier just to be like, 
whatever will be, will be. You've got to rail against that. No. It is required that you believe. It's required that you believe. So that's the three things as far as believing goes. Mission, yourself, team. The second thing that you need to do in order to raise your expectations, you need to be careful what you speak. You need to speak life because our words have power. And the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in you? I don't know where that came from. It came out of you because it was in you. So surround yourself with life and speak life. When I was born, my mother always tells me the story. My family tells me the story. I probably shared the story. My Aunt Mary said to my mother, name her Adrian because she is going to be a school teacher. Now, to this day, I have no idea what being named Adrian and being a school teacher have to do with one another. I have no idea. Makes no sense to me. But in my, my aunt's mind, it, there was a connection. But my point is she spoke over me. I was going to be a teacher. And I fought that. Oh, man, did I fight that. But here I am. But she could have said, name her Adrian because she ain't going to be nobody. Name her this because she's not going to do anything. Name her this because the odds are stacked against her. But no, she declared she spoke life over me. And that's so important. Years ago, I, and I don't take credit for this because it wasn't my idea. I read it in a book. But I read about a teacher. It was a, it's, a, it's a novel, so I don't know that, that it was true. But I read about a teacher who she was fairly new and she wanted to do something that was going to be impactful for her students. And I did it. I did it one year. I went to school right before school started. I got my class list. I taught seventh grade, so I had over 100 students. I found out their names, and I went on the, on the Internet, and I found out the meanings of each of their names. I said I had over 100 students, okay, because I taught several classes. Obviously, this is junior high. And I went to Staples, and I got some jazzy decorative paper, and I, I printed out their names and what the origin of their names, you know, Greek or Hebrew or whatever, and I and, and French, and then I, I printed their name and the meaning of their names on this beautiful paper, and I had staples laminated. And I had, uh, the first week of school, I had a ceremony. I had a podium up there, and every student in every class, I called them up to the podium, and I conferred upon them their name because names are powerful. They didn't pick names haphazardly back in biblical times, for example, because names meant something. You were speaking something. And I called each one up and I said, this is your name. And I told them what it meant. And I challenged them to live up to their name. And there are names that mean things like, like warrior and things like princess. Imagine that. I gave it to them and that laminated beautiful paper and they were supposed to bring it every day and during the course of the year if something was not quite right and somebody was not quite living up to the name I remind them of who they are and their identity I spoke life now I had to be creative because I remember there was one person's name that meant swamp and so you gotta have to really wax I don't know wise and poetic and try to come I was like well your name means swamp, and we know that things grow in swamps and, and life. You know, I mean, I had to be creative for some of this stuff. But my point was I wanted to speak life. So if for you to raise your expectations, you need to speak life. That's number two. Number one was believe. Number two was to speak life. And number three, refuse to be harnessed. Refuse 
to allow the obstacles to ensnare you. I told you about my cat trooper. I told you about how he believes that he's bigger than he is. And this cat won't even go through the crack that he can fit through because in his mind, he's a lion. He's so much bigger. But the same cat, I take him in the car sometimes and he doesn't like to be in that carrying case. So somebody hit me to this, the fact that they have seatbelts for cats. And so he's free to, to be in the back seat, but he's hooked in. But I put it hooks to the harness. So I put the harness on Trooper. Well, when I put the harness on Trooper, he totally shrinks. The same cat who thinks he's so big that he can't fit through the door all of a sudden shrinks when I wrap something around him. And so we have got to have that same kind of, we've got to have the spirit that refuses to be harnessed. Because when we are harnessed, we shrink. And that's what Trooper does. He shrinks and he almost slithers. That's what being harnessed does to your spirit. One moment you think you're on top of the world, you can't fit through it. There's no door big. En- there's no door that you can't, you know, that's big enough for you to get through because you're so big. And we go from that to shrinking because we allow the words of other people and the obstacles in life and our own lack of faith and our own failure to understand our identity to cause us to shrink. Listen, not everybody's going to believe in you. Not everybody believed in me when I left teaching. You're going to do what? I had a lot of encouragement, but there were people I know, they were like, you must be crazy. You have to believe. That's my message today. Like I said, a little politics, but a lot of inspiration. So I hope if you're listening, you found some kind of inspiration in what I said. There's a world that needs people to believe in themselves. There's, there's your world. You don't have to go to the four corners of the earth. You might just start in the four corners of your room and your college dorm and your office and your job at home with your family. But you need to raise your expectations because as we can see, even from this political season itself, as we can see, we, we're in need of some help. And God moves and he works, but he also works through people. And you're one of them. And so I'm encouraging you that no matter where you are, no matter how much you have achieved already, and no matter how much you have yet to achieve, raise your expectations. Believe, speak life, and refuse to be harnessed. And on that note, as I end here, because our hour is already up, I'm going to end with some happy news, and that is My man, Kobe Bryant, talk about believing. Kobe Bryant spent 20 years in the NBA as the Los Angeles Lakers, made all kinds of records, and he went out last week, Wednesday, retired, and he scored 60 points. The guy who's been plagued the last couple years with injuries, still the greatest, I believe, but certainly not at the top. He came into the league at 17 years. He was drafted at 17 Amazing. The closest we'll, we'll, we'll get to Michael Jordan, I said, the very first time I saw him play. And it was his last game as he retires last Wednesday. And Kobe Bryant scored 60 points. And I say that, and I end with this, I'm happy for Kobe. I'm happy for the way he went out. But I'm happy because it speaks to us the value of hard work. My column today in the Southeast Missourian was called The Habit of Excellence. He worked harder than anyone. And and I 
pinpointed that phrase, that quote from the Greek philosopher Aristotle, which can be paraphrased like this, as Shaquille O'Neal, the former Laker, said many years ago, he said that excellence was not a singular act. You are what you repeatedly do. Excellence is not a singular act. You are what you repeatedly do. What do you do repeatedly? Kobe Bryant, he worked hard repeatedly. He worked hard repeatedly. He he refused to be outworked. And so he was the greatest man. And he goes down in history in an amazing, amazing way. So I say the same to you. What do you do repeatedly? What are you focusing on repeatedly? And so we can achieve greatness by faith in God, by our hard work, by believing, by knowing who we are, by believing, by seeking life, and by refusing to be harnessed, even when the obstacles come. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. We will be back. And like I said, we'll be making some changes on the right voice. As you can see, today was even a little bit different. But um, but we'll be making some more changes, maybe going to uh, to twice a month rather than four times a month or every other week how we do it. But hang with us and, and you'll find out. I want to remind you that we're on social media. We have already laughed into overtime, but we're about to check out um, social media, Facebook, The Right Voice Radio, Twitter at the right voice one. Would you please go over there and give us a little bit of love? I'd appreciate it. All right. I am going to play a little bit of Lee Greenwood's God Bless America. Make sure that you check out how things are going. The polls have now closed in New York. So we'll see what happens with this New York primary. God bless America. God bless you. Tomorrow all the things were gone I worked for all my life And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky star To be living here today But the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away Wow. 